podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. We've been looking, as you'll remember, over the past few weeks at the church. And my title today is We Are The Church. And we've really looked into that. We've understood that and we've grasped that, I hope, over the past few weeks. And we've been encouraged by all that we've seen as Jesus set in motion this wonderful thing called the church, as God sent the Holy Spirit, the promised helper for each of us as we put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've seen, as we've looked into the word, we've seen the church grow. And we've even seen it grow under uh, moments of persecution. And you'll remember we looked at a guy called Saul, who was really one of the main instigators for this persecution at the time. But the Lord met him on his way to Damascus and the Lord opened his eyes so that he could actually see what he was doing, that he could understand that in fact he was persecuting the way, was the right way, that Jesus had indeed come, the Messiah had come um, and of course Rome crucified him but we know that the grave couldn't hold him as God bore, uh, pushed all his wrath on the Lord Jesus, Jesus bore that wrath, that he bore that for you and for me, that that punishment was meant for us but Jesus dealt with it there on the cross, but to the grave couldn't hold him. And we rejoice because our saviour is risen. That's the good news, the gospel that we have, that Jesus has done what needed to be done for you and for me. For all then who would believe that we have life in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. And as the church has grown, it's been necessary for Paul now then to split his time between the various churches, between the towns and the villages and the cities where the church is growing. And also it's been imperative for him to write letters in order for the church to hear collectively what they should and shouldn't be doing, how they should be acting and how they should be living out this life for Christ on a day-to-day basis. He's encouraging them and guiding them. And the letter that we're going to have a look at, just one of the chapters in the book of Romans, is actually a letter to the church at Rome. We're just going to pick out chapter 12, verse 1 through 8. And it's titled in the NIV, Living Sacrifice. Um, And I'm going to read it. The words, God willing, will be up on the screen um, and you'll be able to follow along if you don't have your Bible with you. It says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by grace, uh, by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. 
For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, through the, uh, sorry, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And we pray, as always, that the Lord might bless the reading of his word together as we've done that. Paul here is off the back of explaining Israel's position and the fact of salvation, that it's for Jew and Gentile. As Paul says in one of his letters, for Jew, Gentile, Greek, slave, free, it doesn't matter who we are, the gospel is for us. So that's why this chapter here starts with a therefore, and you have to ask the question, what's it indeed therefore? And that's a good place to begin. But he's showing us and he's, he's, he's shown the reader that Christ died for all who would believe, that Christ rose again so that we could pass from death to life and we could live out a relationship with a loving God, a perfect and holy heavenly father, that we sinners are able to come back into a relationship with God who is perfect because of what Jesus has done on the cross, because of what God has done for us through his only son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, knowing what God has done for us, Paul's now encouraging us to live in such a way as to honour that, that we know what God has done for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we marvel at that. We're lost for words at what God has done for us through the Lord Jesus. We deserve nothing, but he's given us life. So we're to live in such a way as to honour that. And he says in verse 1 of chapter 12, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. When we read that, we see that we are his because of what he's done for us. We couldn't ever earn or work our way to get back into that relationship with God. Sin had broken that path back to God. But Jesus, as he opened up his arms for us on the cross, as he was nailed to that cross for each one of us, made a way from death to life through him that we could get back into that relationship with God. We're his then. We've been bought at a price. So we live like we are. That sometimes is a great way to start your week. That I have been bought at a price. So this week I'm going to live like I have been. And that church is really what Paul is saying to us, that we grasp that as, as best as we possibly can. In view then, as he says, of God's mercy, not being given what we actually deserve, but being given something that we do not deserve in that we have been given life through the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're not to conform to the pattern of the world, which of course is focused around I and me. 
but actually to have a, an attitude where we are living for Christ, becoming more Christ-like. Listen, as he says in verse two, he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. He says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Greek word for this transformed that we read here is metamorphio, where we obviously get our word metamorphosis from. And the best analogy, the best, I guess, um, sense of that is a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. They are completely different creatures in essence, yet they come from the same thing. As the caterpillar turns into a chrysalis and we get this wonderful butterfly that erupts from this cocoon. And that's a complete transformation. It's gone from something that lives and crawls on its belly, feeding on leaves, to something that flies around, that's able to go where it wants to, that's beautiful in colour. And we get to see that transformation, that metamorphosis. Now, we then, as Christians, as Paul is encouraging us here, we're to live a life that shows that transformation. Daily as we give our lives to God, as we place him in his rightful position as number one, then our lives are being transformed. Our old thinking is replaced by this renewing of our mind. We follow Jesus' example and, and really, as we understand this, the, the term that goes with this, and it's, um, it's, it's simpler than it sounds, but let me just give it to you, says it's progressive sanctification. And simply, it's becoming more Christ-like. There's less of me and more of him. That my old self is being chipped away and I'm being replaced by being more Christ-like, that I'm living as the word calls me to live. That's what God wants us to do, that you and I on a daily basis, and I'm not saying it's easy, please trust me, that actually that we are living for Christ, that we're trying our best to put him first, we're trying our best to live our life according to what the word says, we're becoming more Christ-like. That's the prayer, that's what we want to be doing. It's a change of thinking of our entire mind, in essence, to put others first, to serve others, to love others, to give without need for return. Jesus obviously showed us the perfect example and we need to look to him and we need to draw close to God if we desire to live like this, if we desire to live for him. Amen. We have to look to him. We have to draw close to him. Churches, we see this and we read the words that are on the page, but be transformed. We understand it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not that simple. There's a lot of the old me to get rid of. And the same for you. It's a process to be transformed. It's not something that happens in the blink of an eye. We have to keep on. We have to keep worshipping. We have to keep studying his word. We have to keep praying to our heavenly father. This is how we grow. 
If we don't look, if we don't study, if we don't pray, if we don't worship, how are we ever going to grow? And also, if we don't do our best on a day-to-day -day basis to implement all that we're learning and understanding, then we're just head knowledge, and that's completely useless. It's, you can know everything, but if you don't put it into practice, what's the point? And that's what we have to do. We have to learn it, but we have to apply it to our lives. And also, we have to understand, back to it being the process, we have to understand that we're not always going to get it right. Don't be in that position where we're beating ourselves up on a daily basis because we've got something wrong. That's not what the Lord's calling us to. That's not what Paul's drawing us to here. We're to be transformed. It's a process. It takes time. So when I get things wrong, and undoubtedly we will, then we say to God, look, I'm struggling in this area. Lord, just help me. Whatever it takes, whatever it needs, Lord, help me to grow in this area. But we don't beat ourselves up. We bring it to God. We know that we have a God who loves us enough to have given his very best for us. So I was at my point. I was at my very worst and God gave his very best. So if I'm trying to live out this, this life with him, how much more is he going to help me? So we have to bring it to God in order to, to grow and to learn and ask him for help. And that really leads us on to verse three. And the, the title or the, the subheading changes a little bit in the NIV. It says humble service in the body of Christ. And humility really is where Paul focuses for these moments. He says, uh, let's just read it. For by, uh, by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. It's humility. Understanding our position really is key. So that once we've grasped that, we can see our position before God. And we're able to move forward in that. Listen how Paul even structures the sentence. He says, by the grace given me, I say to every one of you. Paul, uh, in, in humility, says, by the grace given, being given what I don't deserve, I'm now going to say to every one of you. You see the humility there. And that's the same for all of us. God sent his only precious son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God in flesh for each one of us. And he sent him in order to take our place on that cross. Not because we were deserving in any way, shape or form. But because, well, we'd chosen sin and we'd chosen death. We'd rejected his love and had become completely and utterly stranded and lost. That's why. That's why God sent the Lord Jesus Christ, because we were unable to get ourselves back into a relationship with God. We needed a saviour. God didn't leave us on our own. He didn't say you've made your choice unlucky. No, he didn't do that at all. In fact, he sent us a saviour in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, having that in view shows us then this grace that Paul talks about 
for by the grace given me, now we can see that we've received life and we have life in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. How could we ever then think of ourselves as deserving when we know that truth? Now, Paul encourages us to remember and again, going back to the point that I made just a few moments ago, that we're not in that position where we beat ourselves up. I was so bad. I was so terrible because then that what that limits that does is limit the very grace and mercy of God. And we must not do that. You know, we have on our leaflets, we have on some of our um, headings on things that we have that Jesus is enough for the very worst of us. Jesus is enough. His grace is enough. His mercy is enough. His love is enough. Don't ever think of yourself in a way where you think I am too far gone. That's not the case at all. We're not to beat ourselves up, but we know then that it's our starting point. And it places in view God's perfect love, his perfect grace and his wonderful mercy towards you and me. When we place it in view, we can only be in awe as we stand back and see what God has done for us. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you are, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in humility, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Paul's encouraging us to just remember that we are who we are because of what God has done for us. We're so blessed. Absolutely, we are blessed, but not because of anything that we have done but all because of what Christ has done for us you know we're going to pick up as we uh, leave this moment here together today we're going to pick up um, from this point God willing next week but right now we have an opportunity to just continue in our worship together to just lift his name high and to just give thanks as we reflect, as we think about all that he's done for us, as we just just ponder and we just sit in awe or stand in awe of all that he's done for us. Let's just continue our worship. Let's give thanks to him for all that he's done for us and that in him and through him we have life and life eternal. Let's pray. Lord, we just want to thank you that as we've seen from your word today, that we are saved, we are loved because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. Father, as we put our faith and our trust in him, you've given us life and life eternal. Lord, I pray that you'll help us indeed to be transformed, that as we continue on our journey with you, that you would help us to become more Christ-like that we would put off our old self and we'd focus on you. Lord, that you'd help us to put you number one in every aspect, every element of our life. And we just thank you, Lord, that we have this opportunity, that we have you to help us, the Holy Spirit to guide us. 
And Father, I pray that you would just be with us now, strengthen us as we worship together, as we continue, as we lift high your name. Be with us, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.